0: Ooh, this is what we're on. Oh, this is good. Oh, wow, this is really good. Ooh, there, we're on. Seven weeks. Seven weeks uh, looking at the words from the edge of the world. These are the words, the last words that Jesus uh, spoke from the cross. And uh, we've taken a journey... And we've come to this word today. Well, word, it's three words. We've been looking at different uh, aspects of the crucifixion through the different Gospels. And we find ourselves back in John's Gospel this morning where it says, Later, knowing that all was now completed so that the Scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty jar of wine vinegar was there and they soaked a sponge in it, put a sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, lifted up to Jesus' lips. When he'd received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. We've taken a journey through seven phrases, words, statements from the cross. We started with, uh, Father, forgive them. We find ourselves in a place where we are being pardoned. Then Matt spoke on the passion that Christ has for us and encouraged us in the passionate walk that we should have towards him. Are you thirsty for more of God as he is thirsty for a relationship with you? This always blows my mind that, uh, and I struggle to comprehend The reality and the truth that God loves me more than I love him. And I've said these words and I'm sure you've sung them as well. I love you Lord and I lift my voice. I love you Lord. I lift my voice. I worship you. Oh my soul rejoice. But the thing about it is my love towards God is tiny weeny compared to his amazing love towards me. And his phenomenal love towards you, his passion for us. Then we've looked at uh, uh, Jonathan Edwards, he came and spoke to us. Today you will be with me in paradise. Uh, Jesus' death upon the cross opens the doorway to heaven. And we have a hope. We have a hope here and now, but we also have a future hope. You see, from the very, very beginning, we were created as eternal beings. We were not to die and then to disappear. From the very beginning, we were meant to have fellowship with God, a relationship with him that was going to last eternally. And sin came in and blew that one apart. But upon the cross, talking to the the thief who was there, crucified With Jesus, his promise was there. Today, you will be with me in paradise. And what I love about this is, this is grace absolutely personified. Because, you see, that thief could not get off of the cross and then go and work his way into God's goods books. You see, when he was welcomed into the presence of the King of Kings, For all eternity, he could do nothing. We need to remember, we can't do anything. We can't earn our way into God's good books. We can't earn favour from him. It is grace all the way. And when we can take a look at who was crucified with him and accepted into a future in the presence of Jesus himself, we recognise, you know what, if he can do it, and then he did nothing that followed on, I can do it, but I also have the opportunity to love Christ here and now and to live for his glory, that I might bring others into a relationship with him too. You see, the evangelistic opportunities of the thief of the cross were pretty close to zero. That's not the case for us. So you'll be with me in paradise. There's the promise. Woman, behold your son. This is the conversation between Jesus and his mother and Jesus and John. And it's a case of that he looks after us. He makes sure that what we need, we will have. Not what we want, but what we need, we will have. He's constantly thinking about us. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it was that moment on the cross, that we had that glimpse of what did it cost for us to have a relationship with Almighty God. The pain. The pain. Last week, we looked at the pledge that was made. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It's into your hands. Father, I'm in a relationship with my Heavenly Father, and it's in that relationship I know that I am safe as I commit myself to you, Lord. Challenge to us about what does it mean to be committed and to serve Christ. And then today there's the power. It is finished. So I ask the question. I ask the question. Here's the question then. Who was Jesus talking to? So who was Jesus talking to when he said, it is finished? Well, in the first instance, I thought to myself, this must be Jesus speaking to his Father. So this is where I start with, it is finished. Father, he, I'm telling my Heavenly Father, uh, it's, it's done. Uh, this Greek word, word here is tetelestai, tetelestai, it is finished. It is finished. The, the, that which was set before me has been completed. It's done. Job done. Complete. saying, Father, that charge that you placed upon me before time began has now come to its absolute fullness and its completion. This is very much like Jesus, uh, I just think about armed forces, here's an an example, a poor example I know, but if you're in the armed forces and those who are in charge um, give you uh, an assignment and you stand before them and they say this is what's going to happen, this is what you're going to do and you say yes sir and, and away you go. Now when that assignment has been completed, not only is it great that it's been completed and there may be celebration that this has been done, but there also needs to be that opportunity to go back to the one who gave the command, who gave the order, who set the assignment and affirm to them, it's done. It's finished. So when I see Jesus... Speaking these words, I believe first of all, it's to the Father and to the Father just to acknowledge the fact that that which was set in place has been done. I've done it. Job done. Who else was he talking to? There's also this recognition that he's talking to the forces of darkness. You see, our our, our battle isn't against flesh and blood. We know that from the book of Ephesians. But our battle is against the principalities and the powers of this dark world. The enemy is at work around us. We can testify to that. But he is a defeated enemy. And when Jesus on the cross says, it is finished, I mean, there may have been a demon party somewhere. The the enemy, Satan and his minions, might have gathered around and they're watching the whole... uh, trial and the the scourging of Jesus and and the the humiliation and then ending up with this barbaric, horrific crucifixion on a hill outside the city. Loneliness. Absolutely. He's on his own and then he dies. And there may have been a dance where the demons decided to gather But the thing about it is, when Jesus said it is finished, he also meant that everything that they've planned, every scheme, every operation, blueprint that's been laid out to disrupt God's perfect plan coming to fruition has been well and truly wiped out. Enemies, this isn't a time for celebration. This is a time for recognition that you have been thwarted. Jesus holds the victory. And then, of course, you've got the followers. As he speaks to those who are gathered around the foot of the cross, we've got to recognize that they don't have the perspective that we have. We know what happens next. We know that Jesus is victorious. We know that he will be taken down from the cross. We know that he will be buried in the tomb. And we know in three days he will rise again. And not only will he rise again, he will make a point of personally visiting those who were following him. Even to the point that those who weren't there when he first meets up with them, he comes back and checks in with Thomas again. We know that those who uh, disowned him, were included in his resurrection gatherings. So his followers, gathered around the cross, hear the words, it is finished. And maybe this is the point when they start to put two and two together and recognize, hang about, what was this all about then? We thought we could do with some more training, but Jesus says, no, it's finished. You're ready. We could do with a greater insight into what's going on in the heaven. no, no, you've got enough. My time with you at this present time as the person that I am, Jesus, has come to an end and I'm releasing you. I'm with you, but I'm releasing you. So Jesus speaks to The followers, just as he speaks to us and says, job's done. Now, get on with the job. So then I ask the question, okay, let's just think about it. What was finished? I love these words. I found this in in a book by uh, Max Lucado, and and it was called Six Hours One Friday. And uh, he beautifully helps us to understand what has been finished. He says this, he said, The history-long plan of redeeming man was finished. The message of God to man was finished. The works done by Jesus as a man on earth were finished. The task of selecting and training ambassadors was finished. The job was finished. The song had been sung. The blood had been poured. The sacrifice has been made. The sting of death has been removed. It is over. It is finished. Last week I mentioned this uh, verse, just in passing, recognizing that separation between man and God has been eradicated. In the temple between uh, the Holy of Holies and the Holy Place was this massive curtain. And this is what it says here. It says, when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the temple was torn into from top to bottom. I was reading from a a historian, a Jewish historian by the name of uh, Josephus, and he was talking about the size of this curtain. So we're not talking, you know, we're not popping into Dunelm and getting some drapes for the lounge. We're talking serious curtain. This This is almost wall quality. It says here, Jewish historian, Josephus, says, uh, Herod's temple curtain, about 60 feet high and four inches thick, you could have attached teams of horses to each side of the curtain, pulling in opposite directions, and they would not be able to rip it. The curtain is what separated the holy place from the most holy place. The curtain represented the sin of humanity Separating us from God's presence. There's this beautiful picture that I have in mind that as Jesus speaks out these words, it is finished. And I I picture the temple, we have the Holy of Holies, Ark of the Covenant, presence of God. And it's almost like Father just comes, takes hold of this curtain, and tears it apart. This is what God's always wanted, that there will be no separation, no division between us and himself. So God himself takes this massive divide and says, no more, and rips it into two. It's finished. There's some things that I picked up on with regard to this separation and, and the benefits for us. He says it, it is finished. Payment has been made. These are the benefits. I picked up on the word atonement. at one Atonement. That we could be one with God again atonement, that we can have a relationship with God and what has happened upon the cross has not just wiped away but completely eradicated the sin that was in the way. Um, Bexhill-on-Sea, lived there for 17 and a half years and uh, one of the things that uh, was characteristic of the seafront of Bexhill-on-Sea, as well as not having sand, which was always a bit of a shame, but um, were the shelters along the seafront. And I can remember in the time that we were there, there were often uh, things being done um, to try and make the seafront look nice. You see, because most people don't go to Bexhill-on-Sea. Most people go to Eastbourne. But we want the money, that was the idea, we want want the tourist money to come into Hill. So there was a a number of of debates in council about what we should do about the vandalism and uh, the uh, graffiti. And and what happened is that every now and then they would do a whitewash. Now I didn't of course realise that a whitewash is just like a half-hearted job really. But the thing is, when they used to do the, the bus shelters in the, the shelters along the seafront, and they used to paint them all nice and white again, they didn't take into account the fact that the wind coming off of the sea, which had uh, the salt in it, as well as the wet, over a very short period of time, would completely wash off the whitewash. And then you would be back to having graffiti being seen again. And then... There was a European grant, how bizarre is this, that was released that was going to give Bexhill-on-Sea the finances to completely improve the whole of the seafront and the promenade. And if you go there now, it's, it's just, it is fantastic, the promenade at Bexhill-on-Sea, and I would, I'd say go there over Eastbourne. It is really good. And pop into the Delaware Pavilion, go upstairs, have a coffee. It's really nice. But what they did, instead of just painting over, they ripped all the bus shelters out and then they did these new designs. And there was a competition for designing a shelter and there were some really nice ones. Um, Sadly, they didn't get chosen, but these ones did. And uh, they're wood cladding, so it's very clear that they had no intention that anybody would even think about painting anything on them. But what I love about it, though, and they are still looking as good today as, uh, I don't know, five or six years ago when they were put in. But the thing about it is, is it was no longer a, a whitewash job where what was covered up will be exposed again in the future. What it was was a rip out, take it out completely and put something new. This is what God has done for you. He's not just covered stuff over He's actually said, I've completely eradicated. You've got something new, the relationship that I have with you. There's that atonement, that coming together, that oneness, the completely renovating, not just coming over, covering over. Jesus' death uh, conquered sin and death. This is one of those things that, that just hits home to us, is that he's done it. It is finished means it's done, it's sorted. Now what we have to do is see how that is going to be manifest right here and right now. And the challenge that we have is uh, is a big challenge. It's the the, the now and the not yet of of the kingdom of God. We see glimpses of the kingdom coming, but we also see times when it doesn't. And, and, And we say, Lord, what about this? But we press in for when the kingdom comes. Jesus' death conquered sin and death. This is what it says here in 1 John. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We are declared clean. We're made clean. We're purified. That's what it does for us. When he says, you're clean. Job done. You're sorted. I just feel so dirty. No, you're not. You are clean. He's done it. Finished. That Greek word there. Oh, this is the, the, the bit that talks about the, the death that has been overruled. This is what we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. And, and it's like It's like Jesus sits at the table, and we are all kings and queens. And we sit at the table, but we are very aware that somebody wants to poison us. And this is the scheme of the enemy. It says this in John 10.10, doesn't it? The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. So there is, at every mealtime, think of it like that, this chance that we could be poisoned. But I read a verse like this, that he will taste death for everyone. It's like every single time we sit down and there's a potential opportunity for the enemy to rob us of the life in all its fullness, Jesus tastes for us. He takes the cup and tastes it and says, it's okay, this is good. He takes the meal, tastes it and says, it's okay, this is good. I've gone before you. I have tasted death for you. Therefore, that needs not to be a worry. It's finished. I love that picture of just sitting down with him and you go into a situation and it's like he's gone in before and you think, I don't know what's behind this door. And as you go to grab the handle, to go in, you've got no idea what is going to be said, no idea what is planned, but the thing that you have is this peace and awareness that as I go in, he's gone in ahead of me. He's the SAS. He goes in first. And then we're able to go in, knowing that that which the enemy has planned has been eradicated. Not only... Atonement being brought back as one, recognizing that we've had a rebuild, not a makeover. Sin and death has been conquered. Our relationship is restored. That We looked at this verse, I think this was last week, that just picked up on the fact that we are being reconciled with God. He doesn't look upon you with any sense of anger. He looks upon you as a son and a daughter whom he absolutely loves. These beautiful words from Romans as Paul writes for us, that God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He did it. Much more then, how having now been justified by his blood, shall we be saved from wrath through him? For if we, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, rebuilt in that relationship through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled we shall be saved by his life. Not only that, he goes on to remind us that relationship reconciliation now is our privilege. He's restored us, now we need to restore. We need to make sure that we keep short accounts with brothers and sisters. We need to make sure that we say sorry more often than we do say sorry. That we go the extra mile to rebuild and to restore. To not hold things against people because he held everything for us on the cross. And it is finished. This also means that mission's been accomplished. I've done it. We can add nothing to it. We can add nothing to it. The colonel, with his mix of spices, we go and we buy his chicken. And then there are people there who would do some daft things like add tomato sauce, brown sauce, salt, pepper, whatever. And I would think that the Colonel must, I don't know if there really was one, but I'm, I'm just pretending that there is, must think to themselves all of that time, all that research, all of that secret recipe that we're not telling anyone, and then you add your secret source, your bit of Heinz 57. Jesus here just reminds us, it is finished. I, I, I've done it. I've done it. Now walk in the victory of what I've done. That's the challenge, isn't it? Walk in the victory of all I have done. And here on Palm Sunday... When we take this word, it is finished, we can make sure that we are lining the streets, not hopeful of what might happen when it comes to the end of Holy Week, but fully aware of what has happened. We can cheer because it is finished. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. This is the sort of last advert, really. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. Next Sunday, we're opening up this pool, filling in it with water, and we will be baptizing those who have come to the revelation that for them, it's finished. Jesus has done it all. If you have yet... We go through the waters of baptism, but you know and love the Lord, and you know that He has done it all for you, and you are encouraged today to walk out in the fullness of what He's done. Then can you see me before you go home? And let's get you booked in, ready for next Sunday. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, the one who walks with you through the trials and the difficulties through the challenges day by day and reminds you constantly, this is what he says, it's finished. It's okay, I'm with you. It is finished. The upper hand is my hand. It is finished. If you have yet to give your life to the one who speaks to you today and says, I am with you, I am for you, I love you, allow me to tell you it is finished, then come. Come today and come into that relationship, that perfect relationship with your Saviour. What a brilliant way to walk into this holy week with the one who died for you and says over you, over whatever situations you are facing, it is finished. And then, of course, I've got to recognize that there are those who've given their lives to Christ many years ago. There are those who maybe many years ago also have been through the waters of baptism. And what does it mean for you? Well, this is just your reminder on this Palm Sunday to continue to cheer him into your life, into your family, continue to cheer him into your street, into your community. Will you continue to cheer him into this town into this nation because there is a world of people who don't know the truth that you know in your hearts. And he reminds you today, whatever you face, it's finished. He is with you, he is for you, and he loves you. Let's stand together.